The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops podcast, conference finals special edition. We are down to four. BJ Armstrong, Eric Newman. BJ, what a Mother's Day, a pair of Game 7s. First off, what did you make of Denver-Portland before the shot heard around the world from Kawhi Leonard? Well, Denver-Portland was a very interesting game because of the, you know, the first half, it really looked like Denver was going to pull away and and, and win this game by a large margin and give the, uh, you know, the Blazers credit. I mean, they just clawed back. They fought back into the game. I think what was most interesting about the game was the usage of the two-point shot. And, you know, C.J. McCullough had a huge game, but he only made one three. I think he had like, I don't know, 17 or 18 field goals made. Old school lives, my friend. Well, I don't think old it's old school. school. I, I just think it's the true I school. Love it. You know, you, you have to find ways to score. And if you want to play in June, Eric, you know, and that's the one thing that, that – that, that's hard for me to watch as a as an ex player now is that you know the the game is is has changed and that's fine the game is of course it should change it should evolve, um, but one thing will never change, Eric. If you want to play into June, you got to get stops. Eric, the, the, that will never change since night. That will never yep. change. You know this game started in 1946, and the Portland Trailblazers got stops. They did. You, you have to get stops if you want to play in June in the NBA, you have to get stops, okay? We can talk about three-point shooting and pace and space and analytics and all that's fine. I'm all for I'm all for evolution and the game and all those things. But one thing about the game will never change is that you have to get stops if you want to play in June. And that to me is what the game is will always be about. And uh, so that was the most noticeable thing as I, as I was watching uh, the games yesterday. So Portland now matches up with Golden State. The Warriors obviously are still a team that is um, beaten up, but they still have the heart of a champion as they showed in closing out the Rockets in six. So first and foremost, what is the biggest matchup that you were looking at here in this series is it the guard matchups or are we looking more towards a frontline role player matchup where's your head out right now with portland golden state well when you anytime you face a warriors team you're going to have to address their biggest advantage which is how are they going to defend you uh and your screen role opportunities okay we know that we know that the the Blazers have two excellent guards. We know the Blazers can play 
the game and create spacing and they can shoot the ball and they can do all the things on the offensive end. But defensively, um, what are you going to do to counter what they're going to do at the center position? Because at some point, Draymond Green is going to play that position and probably play a large percentage of minutes. And what are you going to do when they figure out how to switch and make the adjustments after halftime? That's what you're going to do, you know? Question. Um, Question off the bat, if you are the Warriors, are you putting Klay Thompson on Damian Lillard to start or are you putting Klay Thompson on C.J. McCollum to start? I don't think it really matters where you start because at some point, the way the game is played, you're going to switch. You're going to run some type of, you know, screen roll action. And, you know, so I, I it doesn't really matter. It's not like a, I don't think this will be a one-on-one situation. Now, do I think – at some point during the game, maybe in the last four minutes, where you'll need to put Clay Thompson on Damian Lillard. Yes, you know the thing. The, the thing about Clay that to me is always going to be interesting when he plays. If you ever watch him over the years, he, his game really struggles when he has to guard other teams' uh, starting point guards who can score. Mm-hmm. Because of you know, the one thing about him in the last series, there wasn't a you know there wasn't a guard that he was really facing until really the last game with in playing against uh, CP3 where, you know, CP3 really just was kind of mediocre as far as numbers he was putting up during the course of that series. I think this is going to be, this is going to take away a lot from clay on the offensive end because of there's nowhere for him to really run in this series. Not that he's running from any matchup, but, you know, C.J. McCullough is a terrific offensive player, and so is Damian Lillard. So I think that's going to take away from him on the offensive end because of what's going to be required for him to score, uh, what's going to be required for him to defend those guys uh, for a seven-game series. Can the same be said, vice versa, as McCollum and, and Lillard have to chase those guys around, whether they're playing them in pick and roll, whether they're chasing them off of off-ball screens? Uh, I, I mean, the, this chess match really intrigues me here because obviously without Kevin Durant starting the series, we've got rumors of DeMarcus Cousins making his way back, but it most certainly won't be in game one or likely game two. So these guards are really going to be front and center on on both ends of the floor. I, I, I guess what I'm wondering is uh, how are these teams potentially going to try to protect these guys defensively uh, so they can be on the floor in the fourth quarter, whether it's to avoid foul, uh, foul trouble, as we've seen Steph get into, or just to conserve that energy. It, it, to me, it's going to be very interesting to see which role players emerge here in, in helping at both ends of the floor. Well, when, when you watch the Warriors, especially now because they are, you know, they're down a few players, a few able bodies, I should say, I think it's going to always come down to the bench in this series. Um, you know, the first thing, the first match I'm going to look at is what are they going to do with Enos Cantor? I yep. think that's going to be a major, I think that's going to be their first problem that they're going to have to address. Do they start him? Do they not start him? Um, because I think the advantage for the Warriors would be obvious with Draymond playing against Enos Cantor in a full court situation, not in a half yep. court. I think in a full court situation, the advantage will clearly be for the Warriors in this situation. In a half court situation, um, I, I think they'll they'll be fine. I think Enos Cantor is a more than capable offensive player. 
What I don't like Enos Cantor in this series is when they start running screen and roll and screening, you know, you, you don't want Enos Cantor switching on those guards because that's not his strong that's not his strong point as a player defensively. He's not really a rim protector and he's not a you know, the athletic player that can switch and guard these guys for one or two dribbles. So I think that's going to be the first point of business for the uh, Portland staff is how they're going to defend those guys coming off screens. And then the second thing is going to be rotations. You, you're going to have to get to the Warriors bench. You got to get to their bench, you know, and um, they're going to have to find something that they can do to exploit to where Coach, Cor- Coach Kerr and his staff is going to have to say, you know what, we either got to change up the way we play or we're going to have to do something differently. And I don't know what that something is, but if Andre Iguodala and these people are able to play less than 35, 40 minutes, I think that's going to bode well for the Warriors. And uh, Well, you've you got know, Bogut, you've got Looney. They're both going to have to play some minutes at the five. Yeah, uh, I, you know, I, I, and, I like and that. that. Will, that will keep that will keep Canther on the floor. Uh, Bogut and Looney have played quality minutes for the Warriors. I don't Obviously, think Bogut and yeah, but I don't think Bogut and Looney. at the five, Jarebko at the four, Iggy, Steph, and Clay. I think will be very effective for them, and it'll be interesting to see how Portland counters. They really like Zach Collins. They think he has the mobility to probably play opposite Draymond there a little bit. And if if he can't move his feet out there on the floor, then you're looking at, you know, Aminu, Harkless, Evan Turner with McCollum and Lillard. So we could have some very interesting small ball going on here in the West. Um, you know, Terry Stotts, I think, is a guy that's gone overlooked for a long time. And even last night, and unfortunately due to the uh, – scheduling of uh, the games interfering with, uh, with with Mother's Day and my wonderful mom's birthday yesterday. I didn't get to watch as much live as I would have liked, but, you know, I know the decision was to ride C.J. McCollum down the stretch, which worked out, and sometimes in these playoffs, it's uh, a coach's willingness to just make the make, make a decision and, and let it ride, and that's what Stotts did. I think he's, he as I said, he's gone under the radar for a long time. H- how do you see Stotts and Kerr with what you know about those guys moving these chess pieces around? Well, Coach Stotts is, you know, he's a terrific coach. He's been around. He's an NBA lifer. And, of course, and of course Steve Kerr, when he, he's been able to do in his, you know, career thus far as a, as a head coach speaks for itself. So I, I, I like the pieces. Um, you know, clearly Steve Kerr has the more accomplished team. And um, this team is – is proven to be able to play and respond under pressure. But this Portland team seems hungry. And most importantly, they they seem to be connected right now, especially on the defensive end. Um, you know, last year, I think it was probably a very disappointing year for them. I mean, they got, you know, bounced out, I think, yeah, swept. swept. Swept two years in a row, and, so, and the narrative has really changed. And one guy I left out, too, is Rodney Hood. It's not only them responding, but it's, you know, its careers being almost rescued. I mean, Enos Cantor was released by the New York Knicks. It doesn't get much lower than that. And then you've got Rodney Hood uh, now <laughs> playing playing great ball. So, um, you know, with that being said, obviously tremendous amount of respect for both coaches and really interesting matchups because of the, uh, 
the injuries here. So I'm putting you on the spot right now. What's your prediction for this series? Because Bruce Bernstein already wants to pivot east. Well, I want to say the Warriors in six. I think it's going to be tough. I think uh, it's going to be tough for for Portland. But again, you know, I I, I like what the Warriors have done. I I like their resiliency. And uh, so I'm going to stick with them until someone knocks them out. But I will say this. I think Portland does definitely has a chance and it'll be interesting to see how coach Stotts and his staff are going to come up with a game plan, which will be very interesting to me to see, but I, I definitely feel they have a chance, but until For someone sure. knocks out the champ, I'm going to stick with the Warriors. I am also sticking with the Warriors in six. I think this, um, these are big moments. The Blazers have not been here before. I do not think they will shrink in the moment, but I'm taking the Warriors in six. Uh, the way they closed out the Rockets and their next man up approach is just, it's beyond impressive. I think that will continue. And then whoever makes it back first, Durant or Cousins, uh, will give them the boost they need to, uh, to close this thing out. I don't think it makes it to seven games. And speaking of seven games... I am still trying to comprehend what I saw at the end of the Toronto game. Um, Literally missed watching it live by less than five minutes as I was was getting back to, uh, to what I call headquarters last night in the city. And I'm watching the replay over and over again. And then finally, I just went back and I watched the entire, I think the last uh, quarter and a half of Toronto, Philadelphia game seven. And, uh, my hat off to Philadelphia because they look like they were done in this series and they gave us a great game seven. But the Raptors move on and, uh, of course, now facing the the dynamic force, which is the Milwaukee Bucks. First off, what are your feelings on Toronto and what have they learned about themselves now getting to the conference finals? Well, I think Toronto has learned the following lesson. They have a great player. And this great player is capable of winning a series all by himself. But to win a championship, you're going to need your whole roster to do that. And now in the conference finals, they're going to need that roster to show up because Kawhi Leonard is playing amazing basketball. I think he's carried this, the first two series, clearly he's, you know, he's, he's just carried the team. And now he's going to need some help because the, the this Milwaukee Bucks team is playing terrific basketball, and they also have a very, very good basketball player. And Giannis and Kawhi, that's going to be a great matchup, great individual matchup. But the role players, I think, of the Milwaukee Bucks are playing much more consistent basketball, I think, at this moment than the Toronto Raptors. And it's not to say Absolutely. that the Raptors can't, turn it around in this next series, but they're going to need to turn it around if they're going to have a competitive series with this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. The confidence in, I should say, the confidence we see in the body language and the performance of the Bucks supporting cast is, to me, uh, a, a glaring strength over Toronto. It was almost like when Abaka, Gasol, Danny Green when they delivered in the last series, you were surprised. Whereas with the Milwaukee guys, it just became the norm. And I, I think that's going to be a, a real difference maker here. Um, Bledsoe, Eric Bledsoe, 
Kyle Lowry, key matchup, floor generals for both teams. Um, how do you see that matchup going? And, and obviously right now, Eric Bledsoe playing some of the best basketball of his career. Yeah, yeah. Bledsoe is playing terrific. And I, I really want to really shine a light on what he was able to do against Kyrie and the, and the Boston Celtics in the last, uh, in the last series. Thought Please he did remind a, us all. Yeah, he he was he really did an excellent job. I I think many people would have given that matchup to Kyrie and the Celtics at the beginning of the series, and by the end, you know Bledsoe and Hill they were clearly the best guards on the floor uh, yep. throughout that series. I mean they had a they had a great series. So um, it looks like Bledsoe and these guys are up for the task. Kyle Lowry, his struggles are well documented. What he's done in the playoffs, but. You know what? You got to go out there and do it. So, uh, but it looks to me that Bledsoe and these guys have the advantage, and and I continue to look for them, especially defensively, what they're able to do. They they they've taken on the challenge on that end of the court. If you're Toronto, are you starting Kawhi Leonard on Giannis? Well, or or do you go Abaka? I, I would put I would put the kids Siakam or, on him. or would, Sia, excuse yeah, me or yeah. Siakam. Yeah, I would put the kids Siakam on him, um, and, 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 I, and I do that. But I would I would personally allow um, Milwaukee to dictate who he's going to guard on the other end, and I would I would shy away from having a cross match like they were able to do. That was an old school trick. I thought that. Um, that Milwaukee mm-hmm. used against the Celtics, they created a cross match so that Giannis will always have an advantage on the offensive end of the floor. So whoever he is guarding, because he's that good of a player, whoever he's guarding, I would have that player guard him on the offensive end, uh, on the defensive end. Excuse me. Uh, so whoever, but I, I, I don't think he guard. I don't think Giannis starts off on Kawhi. I don't think he starts off on Paul Gasol. Um, so I, I would have, I would tend to think that he's gonna guard uh, Siakam so I would just let them to play and then I would give him the support meaning him Siakam all the support that he needs because you're not going to stop him but I would I would guard him in a way that's going to allow me to have a body attached to him throughout the entire game I'm not going to be cross matching in transition he's too good of a player and he's too fast I mean he gets to the to the basket in one dribble and he's already at the basket. Yeah, it's a really good point. I, 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 I'm guessing, you know, we're recording Monday. You'll be listening to this Monday night and Tuesday, um, all you NBA playoff fans out there. But, you know, I think Chris Middleton will likely get the start on Kawhi, just looking at how this plays up. But, it, you know, we've seen coaches change lineups before and obviously Malcolm Brogdon going back into the lineup for Milwaukee is going to give them some added depth so I, I do think we're going to see um, some chess pieces moved around obviously Nikola Miritich started to emerge a little bit last round and then we've talked about the Milwaukee depth for a while you know they've got these long athletic defenders DJ Wilson and Tony Snell guys that we haven't seen a lot of, but they may be forced to play a bit in this series just to just to show Kawhi another look. And as great as Giannis, as great as Giannis is, uh, I, I think Giannis spending you know nearly forty minutes a night on Kawhi Leonard is is not what Milwaukee wants. And um, 
we, just like we were talking about in the West, um, for different reasons, this uh, this is going to be a very very interesting series. And Toronto, at different times, looked very good in these playoffs. At different times, they looked like a team that just we knew wasn't going to go far into June or May for that matter, but they're here. And as you said last week, you think Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world. And uh, I know Giannis thinks he's the best player in the world at this point. So uh, I, I think we're in for, uh, for, for quite a matchup. Um, any, um, any, any dark horses on, on your end as far as, you know, who can really put this stamp on a series or, uh, a veteran that could emerge on either side to help their team. Well, if I'm if I'm Toronto, I'm really looking for that that second score outside of Siakam, and that and that has to be Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry, it's either now or never for him. He's going to have to step up and play consistent basketball throughout the series if they have a chance to beat the Bucks. The Bucks are playing. I mean, they really give them credit. I mean, for them that to, to lose in Game One to bounce back and make the adjustments. And what they were able to do as a unit, um, I, I was really, really impressed with their team, the way they came out and played, uh, and what they were able to do. Um, I, I like the Bucks. Um, the Bucks really showed me that they have a, a a good group. They have a great player who's playing the game. I mean, if 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 Kawhi wasn't there, he would definitely you know, be the best player in the playoffs right now if 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 Kawhi. But, I mean, if Kawhi is one, this guy is 1A. Giannis is right there. Giannis, to, the to, only, to me, it's a coin flip. Yeah, the, 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 the difference between Giannis and Kawhi at this point of their career is Kawhi's jump shot is a little bit more consistent than Giannis's. Oh, okay? of course. All right? Of course. Uh, that's, the, that's the only thing. And to, and to be what Giannis is doing without a jump shot to me – I look at him, I go, wow, his future is so bright because he's clearly going to be the best player in the game at some point. But at this yep. juncture right now, Kawhi's jump shot is just a little bit more consistent. And so, But Ka- but Kawhi's got to carry most of that load for yes, Toronto. Yes, he does. Giannis is, Giannis is, yes, he's the driving force for the Bucks. But as we've seen in the playoffs, they've got plenty of guys to put the ball in the basket, and it all comes from the influence Giannis has, the double teams he commands, making the defense collapse, and that's the differentiation I love here. There's yeah, very it, it's, different it's, styles around both of the stars. I think it's um, going to be a great series. I think Giannis is same. going to be terrific. I'm really excited about it. But based on what I've seen this far, I'm going to pick the Bucks. But I'm not going to underestimate a great player because Kawhi Leonard. I'm telling you, Eric, great players do great things, and that's why they're great. And this kid here is playing some of the best basketball I've seen in a while in the playoffs, and uh, you just you can't count him out. What's the prediction? Bucks in? I'm 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 gonna say I'm gonna say Bucks in, I'm gonna say the Bucks in six. We are too aligned today, my friend. We are too <laughs> aligned. I do not see us. Uh, I do not see Toronto getting. Uh, I don't see Toronto getting three wins in this series. I think this is uh, this is Milwaukee in six as well, and we get a Golden State Milwaukee Bucks final. Hopefully, uh, a healthier Warriors team against this Bucks team that continues to roll. But I, I think we're going to have two uh, quality series to continue to break down here, and it's uh, 
it's great having some new teams make it to uh, this point in the season. So I, I think it's going to be fun for us. I think it's going to be fun for the league and most importantly, fun for the fans. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Pure Hoops podcast. That was our conference finals special. BJ Armstrong, Eric Newman looking ahead to the conference finals. Thanks as always to BJ, Bruce Bernstein, and the entire Pure Hoops media crew. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show, dropping every Monday on Wednesdays, Catch and Shoot with Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko. Thursdays, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt. And of course, stay tuned for our conference finals content that will be coming at you on purehoopsmedia.com as well as Pure Hoops Media social channels. Enjoy the conference finals, everybody. We will be back with you soon. Take care. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.